This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Today, we're going to uh, finish up a series that we've been on called Expect. And it's, it's been one of those um, exciting, challenging, stretching, faith-filled months. And, you know, it's been awesome to hear the stories and the testimonies of so many people that have kind of really uh, dove into this concept or this thought about faith harvest and what it represents to them and really grappled with it. And again, like you, I always enter this particular season being stretched a little bit. I think it's good to be stretched. And when we begin to feel ourselves just going through some challenges and some concepts and thoughts, it's God at work trying to expand us and to move us beyond our comfort zone. And so for me, this happens to be one of the most uh, exciting seasons for us. And today I want to talk about God's promises for you and talk about how great his faithfulness is to you, and that with this word, expect that you can expect God's promises to be true in your life, in your circumstance. And so, we've been looking all month at this word called expect, and the word expect simply means this it means to look forward with a heart of attitude, with a heart attitude or heart of faith to see the things that God will do believing God will provide all we need for our God future. I love that definition because it, it's very personal, it's very real, it's very now. In other words, wherever you're at right now, your circumstance, your challenges, your pressures, your level of awareness of God, your faith level, good time, bad time, discouraging time, stretching time, Whatever it is you're facing, God promises you this one thing, that you can look forward. That it's not going to always be the way that it is. Even if it's fantastic for you right now, God has bigger and better things for you. That's the kind of God that we serve. And so when you look at this, this to look forward has the idea. It's like driving a car. You have a lot, lot, a lot of a, um, your, your windshield's much larger than your rear view mirror for a reason is because you should be looking forward a whole lot more than you should be looking backward. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God is that his promises are true. His future is bright. Wherever you're at, God wants you looking forward. And with that, it says, with a heart of faith. In other words, that there's actually some God-induced promises and truths or components that have been placed in your life that are by God that should stir you and excite you to believe that he wants to do greater things in and through you. And so that's where that heart of faith comes in, is that we we see the things that, that God will do. Not what you can do. You're a finite, limited, freakishly foul person when it comes to our carnality, our sin nature, our shortcomings. You might be a wonderful person, but compared to God, you fall real short. And so when we look at what we can do versus we look at what he can do, we realize that if we partner with him in our lives, we might be able to accomplish a lot more simply because we allowed him to take control of our life or our circumstance and situation, and we can actually go and accomplish greater things with him. 
And so that's what this word means. It means that we're looking from where we're at with a heart of faith, believing that God can do more with us than we can do by ourselves without us. How many think that's a pretty cool thing? Come on, that's good. There's six of you here. I think that's pretty (laughs) encouraging to me. And so we've been looking at this, this whole idea of expect. And I want to tie it into the song that we just sang about God's faithfulness. What you can expect for your life right now is that God will be faithful to you. That his word, what he's promised, what he's written down is absolutely unwavering uh, in its application. It is true all the time. You can't change it, you can't bend it, you can't negotiate it. The fact of the matter is, if God said it to be true, it's true. Even if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. It's simply true. It transcends your doubt. God's word is simply true. And so when we talk about expecting God's faithfulness, we've got to recognize that faithfulness as at the very core of his nature. He can't do anything other than fulfill his promises. It says this in in, in the scripture, I think it's a great scripture. It talks about that God is not a man that he cannot lie. Because he's God, he has to fulfill his word. He spoke truth into existence. And as he spoke that truth, because he's a God of his word, he has to fulfill that because that's the very nature of God. I want you to take a look at a couple scriptures here and I want you to actually read them with me on the screen. Is that okay? Can we do a little crowd participation here? Is that all right? I know I'm gonna mess you up. Your turkey comb is kicking in, I can see. But let's read a couple of these scriptures together here. Let's read Deuteronomy 7, 9 together. It says, therefore, know that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. It says, therefore, know that the Lord, your God, Moses, as he wrote this, was trying to personalize it, not just saying the God or a God or God himself. He's saying your God that this promise applies to you. And when we look at the promises, you're gonna find some of them might even seem too good to be true, but as D.O. Moody said, is that God never made a promise that was too good to be true. They're all too good to be true because they're bigger than you can think or imagine. Here's another scripture, I want you to read this with me, come on. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. How about this next one here? God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness? Look at the words there, created new every morning. His promises apply to you new every day. 
We forget to look at this scripture and realize that it's not just some distant thing that you've blown in the past or you've made a mistake. His mercies come every day in every situation and they're new to you today. This morning, whatever you're facing, the promises that we look at, they apply to you today and they're new to you every single day of your life. Man, I'm excited about that. When this last scripture, let's look at this together. Come on, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold tightly. Let us not waver that if God promised it to us, it's going to come to pass. Just a few weeks ago, um, there was a show on TV, and I'm sure none of you have ever heard of it before. It's called The Voice. Anybody watch The Voice at all? Come on, you guys are lying. Come on, you all watch it. So, so anyways, it's, it's, a, it's a music reality show, and people get on and sing. And there's this one guy in particular that was on the show just a few weeks ago. His name was Jordan Smith. I mean, most of you would never have heard of him before I didn't. And um, he chose that week to sing the song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, the song we just sung. It was amazing as he sung this song in a secular arena to a nation, how you begin to see just the very presence of God fall upon these judges, watching Adam Levine visibly moved as the presence of God touched his life. You could see it in Blake Shelton and and Pharrell and these different individuals in the crowd as he began to sing and the camera showing people with tears pouring down their face. It's so interesting that a world that has become so increasingly secular that when a promise or truth, despite their belief system, is showered upon them, how it begins to melt the heart of everybody that hears it. And you know, they put that song on iTunes. That week, Justin Bieber and Adele launched their album, which they were expecting to be at the top, fighting for one or two. Move aside, Biebs. Put on top, Jordan Smith went to number one over them with that song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And, and I thought about that. You know, and, and I, I thought about what's going on in our country and in our world today. I mean, you think about what's going on right now over in Paris and the things that we're fighting with with ISIS. I think about the downing of the plane in Turkey by the Russians. I, I look at what's happening in Colorado Springs this weekend. And you look at what's happening in Chicago with the, the shooting of this man and some of the police challenges. I'd be close to a lot of the police officers and some of the torment and struggle that they're facing and the moral decline. And man, you look at the world around us and you just look, it just seems so hopeless it seems like the world is falling apart at the seams. And then you think about your own life and the pressures that those things put upon you. And you look at your struggles and your insecurities and your shortcomings and your addictions and your challenges and your regrets and your mistakes and your relational tensions and your problems at work and your challenges with your kids. Can I relate to anybody here? Come on. You take a look at all that. It's no wonder that when a song with such simple words, how great is his faithfulness is sung, how it has such a, a soothing touch upon the soul. It's because we hope 
that actually what we're singing is actually true. You know, the Bible tells us very clear that the world's gonna fall apart. I wish it was different. I wish that it was all kind of happy and whole and everybody got better and, you know, kind of like country music, you kind of do backward masking and marriages get back together and you get your truck back and all that stuff. I mean, I, I, wish, I wish that would happen in life, you know? But the Bible actually says that the world's gonna decline, it's gonna fall apart. But the one constant thing that you see from Genesis to Revelation about God is that he's faithful. That despite what you're going through, despite what you feel, you can turn your eyes from downward to upward and you can believe that God's there right by your side with some promises. And so today I want to look at some of the promises of God. We're going to look at probably six different promises. And again, there's the, the, the Bible has tens of thousands of promises that God has written to you. But we're going to look at six of them today. Because I really believe that God wants to speak specifically to you about these six important promises in the time and the season in which we live. But when you look at this word promise, it's important to understand that a promise, Webster's Dictionary would kind of define it this way. It would be, it's a declaration that one will do or refrain from doing something. And the word actually comes from kind of a Latin term meaning set forth, that God sets forth what he will do. Because he spoke it, therefore it will happen. It's what this word means. And when you think of the promise of God, you can see it on the screen here. It, it basically, uh, a promise is, is the sacred words of a faithful God who never breaks his word. He's not gonna lie. He's not gonna deceive you. He's not gonna mislead you. If you read one of his promises, they're infallible. They're for you. Despite what you feel, despite what you're going through, his promise is always true, exclamation point. And so when I think about that, I think of this one scripture, Numbers 23, 19. It says this, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? I mean, just stop and think about your life, your world, your circumstance, and realize that you actually woke up today alive. I mean, you actually had food, you had a car, you had whatever it might be. God's met your needs. He's taken care of you. That doesn't mean that life isn't hard and challenges don't come your way. But listen, he's been faithful to fulfill his promises in your life. You know, last week we had a worship and prayer night at the Rocky Butte campus. Anybody was able to go over to the worship and prayer night? Wave at me if you're there. Come on. There's some of you there. We, we did some, some different things there last week as we decided to give away some things and practice generosity. And one of the things that we did is we gave away a brand new 2016 Hyundai Elantra car to a single mom. 
She's been in our church for about 10 years, has served God faithfully, serves everywhere. She gives, she serves, she loves. I mean, she's a, a wonderful, precious lady. And she's faced some challenges over the year trying to raise her own four kids, working at the VA hospital. She was at an absolute, absolute low time in her life. And just two weeks ago, we didn't know this part of the story until Tuesday at Staff Devotions. Gave her the car on Sunday. We found the rest of the story on Tuesday. But it turns out a couple of weeks ago, her, her car had fallen apart. She didn't know what to do. And she was just relying on the simple scripture in Philippians, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. She came forward at the altar a couple of weeks ago at the Rocky Butte campus, brought her faith harvest offering with tears pouring down her face, just saying, you know, God, I know he's going to be faithful. I need a car. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do, but God, I'm going to trust you. And we prayed over that offering. One of, the, one of the staff people prayed over her offering, and she just says, you know, God's faithful. He's going to take care of me. Little did we know, again, during that time, we're just kind of looking at a bunch of names and praying, and all of a sudden we go, why not give the car to Ayana? Little did we know God was at work hearing her request and putting upon our heart and put the two things together. And it was so cool to see her. If you, if you got the chance to watch the video, it's just absolutely she thought we were going to give her a Starbucks card. She goes, I thought you were going to give me a, shut up, you're going to give me a, she goes, I would have taken the Starbucks card too, you know, but it was so beautiful to watch a young lady going through the lowest part of her life, struggling to make ends meet, barely enough food in the cupboards, no car, trusting and believing that God was going to stay true to his word. And so that's the kind of thing that we're thinking about, the kind of God that we're serving. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, even when we are too weak to have any faith left, it says, he remains faithful to us, he will help us, and he will always carry out his promises to us. And so I want to look at a couple of these promises and I want to just kind of springboard into this too, just telling you another story about a Filipino lady who was in the Mindanao region of the Philippines, and she was going through a very difficult time with her family. They were starving. And she got down with, on her knees with her family one morning without any food anywhere, and she prayed this simple prayer. And I want to read this to you. It's a pretty cool story. She prayed this with her kids. Lord, despite our lack of food, we will not fear. God, you will supply all of your needs. God, you will fulfill your promises. We just ask today for our daily bread. She said, in Jesus' name, amen. Outside, as soon as she heard amen, she heard a thunk on the ground. She went outside, and they're miles from any place of water. She found a huge fish flopping in the dirt right outside of her little hut couldn't believe it. That's crazy. Where'd this fish come from? Amen. You know, brings it in, cooks the meal. They pray the same prayer the next morning. The same thing happens. A fish drops out of the sky, flops in front of her little hut. She takes it in and cooks it. This would happen for three, four, five days. Finally, they moved the prayer meeting outside to find out where in the world these fish were falling from. And it turns out that a Philippine eagle, a branded eagle over there, uh, uh, breed of eagle over there had, had flown over and was dropping fish right in front of her little hut. 
And so she decided to follow this fish. This is a true story. You can't, you can't, it's already happened. So don't, ah, that didn't happen. It's already happened. So you can't change it. And so she follows the bird and sees the bird go over the ravine. And it turns out there's a place where the river was dammed up and there were thousands of fish there, which now she was able to get enough fish to feed her family throughout the rest of that dry season. I would say amen to that. Come on, that's a great story. God's a God that supplies. That was the biggest courtesy clap I have ever heard in my life. I think, I know, I know if it was you, you probably would be doing some monster, uh, monster cartwheels, right? Come on. Hey, here, here are six promises for you. And, and I just want you to, to really listen to these promises because I believe that there are a lot of people here today that really need to hear these for their circumstances. The first promise is this. I will give you sufficient grace. This is a promise. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you. Whatever you're facing, whatever challenge is in your life, no matter how much you feel underwater, depressed, discouraged, doubtful, God comes along today to tell you whoever you are this morning, he will give you a grace that's sufficient for your circumstance. It doesn't mean that he removes them. It simply means that he will be alongside you as you walk through them. And this is so important to grasp and to understand is that God's grace comes upon people whenever they need it for whatever they're facing. It's either available to you where you receive it or you ignore it. And I have found so many times working with people that have gone through incredible tragedies that when they finally just stop and recognize that God is right there with them by their side, it just seems to be this supernatural grace that, that falls upon them. I know that there's a bunch of you out here today that need to hear that. You have a significant need in your life. You feel all alone. You feel overwhelmed. God comes today, he says this, my grace is sufficient for you. Just, just recently, uh, many of you saw in the news this horrific tragedy, this beautiful young 28-year-old pregnant mom of a pastor, Amanda Blackburn, was senselessly murdered in her home while her husband was at the gym. And you have to, you have to know that that was one of the most heart-wrenching things to come home and find your wife laying there in your own house dead. And again, I'm not trying to be too graphic, but you have to know that that was a, a significant deal. And I've been following this, this story and 
watching it unfold and seeing what his name's Pastor Davey, and they planted a church, Resonate Church, Indianapolis, Indiana, and, and just, just watching this whole thing unfold and watching his posture as the world watches him grieve through this situation, I've been amazed by this one thought, that God's grace has been sufficient for him in the midst of this tragedy. He just sent a letter just recently to his church family. I had the privilege of getting a copy of, of this letter. And I want to read it to you just, just for you to get a snapshot of how a guy going through a horrific situation has chosen to move himself under a promise and how God has shown up his behalf. He writes this. Though it does not undo the pain we are feeling, I was extremely relieved to get the news of the arrest made last night of Amanda's killer. The investigators have assured me that they have a solidly built case to ensure justice is levied and the process is expedited. The family and I couldn't be more thankful for the level of compassion the IMPD and the investigators have shown us through the last couple of weeks. My hope and prayer is for three things in the weeks to come. And he lists these three things. He says, number one, that the court system would have wisdom on how to prosecute this man so that no one else endures the pain Amanda and our family have had to endure because of his actions. That's a pretty logical request. Number two, that through all of this, and although there will be great consequences for his actions, that he would become truly sorry for what he has done, and that he would even begin to experience the life-transforming power of the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. I think, are you kidding me? That he could, he could actually, this soon in the game, position himself in such a place where he would begin to ask God to touch this man by his grace. What would, what would cause a man to do that? I think he understood a promise. And then he says, number three, that Jesus would give our family and me a heart to forgive. Though everything inside of me wants to hate, be angry, I love his realness in it, and slip into despair, he says, yet I choose the route of forgiveness, grace, and hope. He says, if there's one thing I've learned from Amanda in the 10 years we're together, it's this choosing to let my emotions drive my decisions is a recipe for fruitlessness and a hopeless life. And he goes on and he says this to close out his letter to his church. Today, I'm deciding to love, not hate. Today, I'm deciding to extend forgiveness, not bitterness. Today, I am deciding to hope and not despair. By Jesus' power at work within us, the best is still yet to come. Even when I don't see it, I still believe it to be true. Here's a young man that has grabbed a hold of a promise. 
in one of the most tragic times of his life. And what you read in this is the grace of God at work in his life simply because he chose principally to align himself to the very word of God. The result is now a man that is walking through a very difficult time with a canopy of the grace of God every step of the way. Can I ask you today, is there a need in your life right now where you desperately need the grace of God? You feel you're at your wit's end. There's a challenge. You feel anxiety or fear, depression, whatever it might be. There might be a need in your life. Would you wave at me if that's you? Just say, I've got something going right now. You're speaking to me. I'll put your hand up. That's awesome. Keep your hand up. Thank you. There's hands all over the place. I want to believe God right here. We're going to just put a pause on the word and I'm going to pray. And I want to believe that this very scripture, my grace will be sufficient for you. I believe today, uh, sir, you with the hat on, the, the, with the orange light, yeah. God's going to do something supernatural. I see divine reversal. When you leave here today, everything will be changed. Father, we thank you for the honesty of every hand, every person that lifted their hand right now. God, I pray that you would move supernaturally and miraculously in their situation. Father, that you would help them see that whatever they're facing today, God, that your grace is available to give them the hope to carry on, the strength to get up for another day. And Lord, we're simply praying that this promise would come alive in them today. Lord, that they would leave here feeling like the weight has been lifted. God, that you did something supernaturally in their life as a result of this one prayer we ask this today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here's another promise that will mean something to some people today. It's this. I will give you victory. Come on, think about your battles right now. Think about those areas or those things that are difficult to overcome. Maybe you've done something in your past and it's like a broken record in your mind. You feel defeated. You feel beat up. You feel that there's a challenge going on that you can't seem to conquer. And Paul would come and he would write this. This, this word to you, Romans 8, 37, he says, in all these things, he says, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who loves us. You're not just a conqueror. He says, you're more than a conqueror in all things. You might perceive yourself to be a victim. He says, break that off of you. You're a victor. 
Today, you might be saying, I feel overcome. He says, no, you are an overcomer. He wants to give you triumph, which simply means you have to put a little try into your umph to get some triumph. But you need to believe that God has come and said, you are a, you're, you're, you're part of the head, you're not part of the tail. That you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's all of these promises that remind us. Luke 10, 19 tells you that, that you have all authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means will harm you. It's God telling us over and over and over again that we can be victorious. And that we have to kind of shut off the lies of the devil in the past, and realize, you know what? No, wait a minute. I can be victorious. It's not too late. God is a God of the second chance, and the third chance, and the 20th chance. And there's some of you today, you've counted yourself out from being able to be used by God in mighty ways, and the Lord comes today and says, break that off of your mind and your life. You can be victorious. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to be victorious despite what I face, despite what's in front of me, despite how many times I've fallen, I will be victorious. Here's another one. How about this? I will make everything work together. Romans 8, 28 says that all things work together for good. Paul wanted again to make sure that you understood no matter what it is you facing, no matter what's happened to you, no matter the trial, no matter the setback, even as horrific as it may seem, God can still use that for your good. It may not be good in itself, but God obviously allowed it to happen because he's in control of all things. And there's something bigger going on in the context of that where he wants to do something amazing in your life. I think of this Pastor Davey guy. Again, that isn't God that that happened. We live in a fallen, broken world. I mean, bad things happen to good people. But the reality is that even in the midst of difficult things happening, God can still come alongside of you and he can help that work for your good. He wants you to know that. Again, we often look at things through the filter of our natural, temporal doubtful, carnal minds when God sees something from much, much broader of a perspective. We just have to know that he's going to make everything better with whatever you're facing. How about this one? I will meet your needs. Philippians 4.19 4, says, and my God shall supply all your needs. Listen, if you're here today and you're saying, I need a job, put your hand up. Well, there's a couple of people. That's awesome. How many people are here facing some real financial hardships and you feel that you not even have enough to even meet your basic needs? Hand up. Come on. How many people are saying today that I've got some relational challenges and I need help in those areas? I mean, we could go down the list of all these things. Can I encourage you today to not look to fear, but to look to faith, to look to his promise and to begin to activate. 
take whatever it is that you need, put it in the middle of a piece of paper, draw a circle around it, and begin to intercede and ask God to activate the promises in your life and contend for them, stand for them. Say, God, I'm believing you, God, that this week you're gonna direct my steps to the right job, to the right person. You're gonna actually give me a job that's better than I expected. Why? Because you promised me that you'll take care of my needs. So I'm asking you, guide me, direct me. I'm opening up right now. I'm Googling. God, you show me. I'm led by you today, God. Speak to me. And stir yourself in the midst of your need and allow God to partner with you. Isn't it amazing when we actually move from taking our eyes off of circumstance and we put our eyes with the Holy Spirit on his promises, how God gets excited, he actually wakes up the angels to kind of move on your behalf? Going, wow, you know, they're kind of can come out of retirement now in your life and actually do something now because you've activated some promises. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're calling down and demanding things of God, but I think that God really likes daring, courageous faith and prayers. I love the story where the, the guy knocks on the door at midnight and asks for three loaves of bread. I mean, and it says that he finally didn't give it to him because he wanted to. It's because he knew he'd keep on asking. So he just gave him the three loaves. He could have probably survived till the morning on one loaf, but he asked for three loaves. I like that kind of praise. He's saying, ask of me big. Don't ask kind of like little spineless, weak, wimpy, little. I mean, it takes the same amount of calories to say, God, that you would give me a million versus a thousand. I'm not just saying that you're going to call God, but I'm just, my point is this, ask big. Trust his promises. He can help you get a job. He can help you with the relationship. He can heal your marriage. He can do those things. He says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Amen, Mark. That's good. Amen. Come on, he'll do that with us. I always say that, listen, if you're end of the rope, realize that God is at the end of your rope. He'll help you. How about this one? I'll come to you. I will come to you. I just want to stop here for a second because there may be some people that have walked in here that feel distant from God. Maybe you walked in here today and you feel like you don't even have a relationship with God. Maybe you believe in him or maybe it's been a long time since you've been to church or a long time that you've prayed. And a lot of the times it just seems to happen that there's something in our life that makes us pull back from him. And I love in Genesis where it talks of Adam and Eve when they fell, they made the mistake, they ate the fruit. It says they were hiding from God in the garden. And in Genesis 3, it goes on and says this, but God came to them and said, where are you? It's not like, where are you? It's he wanted to come and cover them. He wanted to heal them. He wanted to love them. He wanted to let them know that it's okay, that there's nothing that they could ever do that would separate them from the love of God. I always say this, that listen, we oftentimes spend our life running from God when all that he's gonna do when he catches you is love you and give you everything that you need. 
But we want to hide. We want to run out of shame and guilt. He goes, I'll just take care. I, I died for that. Can I ask the question today? Is there anybody here that feels distant from God? Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you have and maybe you've walked away, but you're saying, you know, right now, Mark, I get what you're saying. I'm going to hold on to this promise that God wants to come to me right now. Just raise your hand real quickly, whoever you are. Just put your hand up, anybody at all. All he's going to do is love you. Anybody at all? Come on. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, buddy. That's awesome. Lord, I thank you for this special, special people. Lord, I just pray even right now in, in our midst, God, you would let them see you running to them, coming to them, to love them. God, to give them everything that they need. God, I pray that you come and renew their hearts. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being honest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's this one last promise that I love, and it's so pertinent to us today, and it's that I will heal you. That he'll be our healer. Psalms 32 says this, O Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You know, when, when it really comes down to it, if we were going to be real honest with each other, if we were going to kind of take off our Sunday best and our cute little smiles and, you know, how we kind of do Sunday, Sunday church together, and we were really to just look at the brokenness, look at the pain. See, healing isn't just necessarily physical healing, although that's a part of it. Second Thessalonians talks that God wants to make us blameless. He wants to give us wholeness. And it goes on and says, body, soul, and spirit. We're a triune being. There's some of you today that need healing in your emotions. Something's fractured. Maybe the way you've been brought up, maybe someone's done something to you. Maybe something with your dad, maybe something in a divorce. Maybe... There's something that happened early on in your life where there was an abortion. I mean, there, there's something inside of you that you just, you feel fractured or broken and you've, you've tried to, to kind of work through it, but you just realize that you just, you need a, just a, a touch of God. Just come and touch that broken spot. Some of you need healing in your, in your body. You have a sickness or a disease or maybe healing in your marriage whatever it might be, can I ask you this as we close today? If you're here this morning and you're saying, Mark, I need healing in an area of my life, body, soul, or spirit, I want you just to stand right now wherever you're at. I'm not gonna ask you what it is. I'm not gonna even ask you to come down today. I just want you to stand in response to the Holy Spirit speaking to you and say, I wanna be healed today. I just want to be healed. When there's more of you, come on. Don't miss this opportunity. I think there's something that happens when we respond by faith. The lady had to reach out to the garment and touch Jesus. And he said, who touched me? It was an act to step out and do something that God saw. 
we don't do this out of just, just to do it. I, I think something happens when you stand and say, yes, God, me right now. Anybody else, thank you. Anybody else at all? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we close this service today, Lord, I pray for these beautiful people that have chosen to stand in obedience to your voice. And Lord, I'm praying, God, like only you can do. God, that you would activate this promise. God, let Psalm 30, verse 2, be their scripture today. That they called upon you and you healed them. Father, I pray right now, God, for every physical ailment in this room, sickness and disease. God, we're a church that believes that you're a God that heals supernaturally. And I pray right now that you would come and arrest sickness and disease in the name of Jesus upon everybody. Let there be a testimony, God, of your healing power of what you did to bring divine reversal to situations. Father, for people that need emotional healing, touch their heart. Come on, Jesus. Touch it. Make it whole. Make it whole today, Lord. Whatever the need is, you see it. God, please touch it. Bring healing in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.